Obviously, at the moment when Dr. Mortimer withdrew from the service of the hospital in order to start in practice for himself. We know there has been a presentation. We believe there has been a change from a town hospital to a country practice. Is it then stretching our inference too far to say that the presentation was on the occasion of the change? It certainly seems probable. Now, you will observe that he could not have been on the staff of the hospital, since only a man well established in a London practice could hold such a position, and such a one would not drift into the country. What was he, then, if he was in the hospital and yet not on the staff? He could only have been a house surgeon or a house physician, little more than a senior student. And he left five years ago. The date is on the stick. So... Your grave, middle-aged family practitioner vanishes into thin air, my dear Watson, and there emerges a young fellow, under thirty, amiable, unambitious, absent-minded, and the possessor of a favourite dog, which I should describe roughly as being larger than a terrier and smaller than a mastiff. I laughed incredulously as Sherlock Holmes leaned back in his settee and blew little wavering rings of smoke up to the ceiling. "'As to the latter part, I have no means of checking you,' said I. "'But at least it is not difficult to find out a few particulars about the man's age and professional career. "'From my small medical shelf I took down the medical directory and turned up the name. "'There were several Mortimers, but only one who could be our visitor. "'I read his record aloud. "'Mortimer, James, M.R.C.S., 1882. "'Grimpen, Dartmoor, Devon.' house surgeon from 1882 to 1884 at Charing Cross Hospital, medical officer for the parishes of Grimpen, Thorsley, and High Barrow. I think that I am fairly justified in my inferences. As to the adjectives, I said, if I remember right, amiable, unambitious, and absent-minded. It is my experience that it is only an amiable man in this world who receives testimonials, only an unambitious one who abandons a London career for the country, and only an absent-minded one who leaves his stick and not his visiting card after waiting an hour in your room. And the dog? Has been in the habit of carrying this stick behind his master. Being a heavy stick, the dog has held it tightly by the middle, and the marks of his teeth are very plainly visible. The dog's jaw, as shown in the space between these marks, is too broad, in my opinion, for a terrier, and not broad enough for a mastiff. It may have been... Yes, by Jove, it is a curly-haired spaniel. He had risen and paced the room as he spoke. Now he halted in the recess of the window. There was such a ring of conviction in his voice that I glanced up in surprise. My dear fellow, how can you possibly be so sure of that? "'for the very simple reason that I see the dog himself on our very doorstep. "'And there is the ring of its owner. "'Don't move, I beg you, Watson. "'He is a professional brother of yours, and your presence may be of assistance to me. "'What does Dr. James Mortimer, the man of science, ask of Sherlock Holmes, the specialist in crime?' "'Come in.' "'The appearance of our visitor was a surprise to me.' since I had expected a typical country practitioner. He was a very tall, thin man with a long nose like a beak which jutted out between two keen grey eyes set closely together and sparkling brightly from behind a pair of gold-rimmed glasses. He was clad in a professional but rather slovenly fashion, for his frock-coat was dingy and his trousers frayed. 
Though young, his long back was already bowed, and he walked with a forward thrust of his head and a general air of peering benevolence. As he entered, his eyes fell upon the stick in Holmes's hand, and he ran towards it with an exclamation of joy. "'I am so very glad,' said he. "'I was not sure whether I had left it here or in the shipping office. I would not lose that stick for the world.' "'I presume that it is Mr. Sherlock Holmes whom I am addressing, and not—' uh... "'No, this is my friend, Dr. Watson.' "'Glad to meet you, sir. I have heard your name mentioned in connection with that of your friend. You interest me very much, Mr. Holmes. I had hardly expected so dolicocephalic a skull or such well-marked supraorbital development. Would you have any objection to my running my finger along your parietal fissure? A cast of your skull, sir, until the original is available.' would be an ornament to any anthropological museum. It is not my intention to be fulsome, but I confess...